And it's like the scripture verse. Okay, I don't remember the exact reference, but it was the Old Testament. It's where I think it might have been Elijah and Elisha, where he like Lord's or one of the prophets said, "Open his eyes," and then he saw all the chariots of fire surrounding them. And I mean, so like seeing is scripturally based because before he did not see it, and then he prayed, see it, and then he started to see it. You know, so like if it's in the Bible, it's a green light. You know, but I I also feel like you know I made a note here, sanctified imagination. Welcome to the Prophetic Justice Podcast, where we talk with people who love God and work across a variety of social justice professions. I'm Tatiana Burgum, and I'm on a mission to learn from my fellow peers in the field about how God speaks to them and the impact it has on their work. Let's take a look at social justice work through a supernatural lens. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of Prophetic Justice Podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. And today I am excited to talk with Lance Groshan. And so Lance is the founder and president of New Covenant Prophetic Company. He founded this 501c3 in January of 2023 to serve the body of Christ with his prophetic anointing. And this ministry hosts an online prophetic ministry night every third Wednesday of the month. He aims to equip the body of Christ with the gifts of the spirit, especially yeah. the gift of prophecy. He is a two-year graduate of Global School of Supernatural Ministry, and he and his wife, Bonnie, reside in Springfield, Illinois. Lance, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor. Yeah, this is great. And it's interesting. I mean, you and I just recently touched base, so we're not like old friends, but I sure. do feel like in the spirit, like our, we uh, operate similarly. And so yeah. I really am excited to dig deep in your story, your testimony, and also sure. just giving um, our listeners some like base align guidance around what is prophecy? What, what do we say? Even when I have the title of this podcast being prophetic justice, like what does sure. that literally mean? And I just thought you are an excellent teacher and you would be the perfect person to start that conversation. And just so our listeners know, I'm going to start bringing in other people who are prophetic, who are doing ministry work to really start teaching some of these things, because even though we have spoken with folks who are in the field of social justice issues and in that realm, I want right. to also give some like baseline biblical teaching around what we're talking about when guests come in and say that, you know, God talks to them in their work and, you know, they're talking about pro prophetic stuff in their own life. Like mm -hmm. I want to sure. start to teach people about that. So That's um, awesome. yeah, you're the first one. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Yeah. I guess just give us like, I mean, we talked so much last time we spoke about we <laughs> where you kind of started your walk with Christ. And maybe that is the best place to start and then work our way forward to wh what you're doing right now. Sure. Okay. So in 2015, I had uh, quite the encounter. You know, I came to the Lord. Uh, this testimony isn't a, a normal, something that you hear every day, you know, but I feel like as people get a little more bold with their testimonies, uh, it kind of becomes increasingly, I would say, more common. And so, but I feel like even even to say like in 2015, I should give like a, just a little bit of like background context, you know, for the for the 2015 testimony, because I remember yeah. sharing with you about it. And um, so basically, I mean, my entire life, I considered myself a, a Christian, you know, I went to a Christian 
uh, I went to a church. Uh, my, my parents, we kind of bounced around with churches and different denominations. Yeah. And I remember going to church and they really focused on the Ten Commandments. They focused on, hey, just memorize these Ten Commandments and just get them memorized and, uh, and uh, you know, apply them to your life. And basically, if, if, you, if you're able to do that, maybe you'll be able to stop sitting. But basically, kind of the realm, what I felt was basically they were saying, you know, once you die, everything will be okay. And I was like, well, if I had to wait until I die, what's the point of doing anything? Like, it was kind of like, you know, as an adult looking back, it was like, oh, so you guys kind of view death as your savior and not Jesus as your savior, you know? And so I felt this massive disconnection with the church because they were like, stop sinning. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, you know, memorizing the 10 commandments and applying it, it was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to do that. And so I... I ran from the Lord for years and years. Um, and, and I had these impressions that like what the Holy spirit would tell me, but I didn't know it was the Holy spirit that was speaking to me. I just kind of thought it like this, it was like this, this internal, like, I guess kind of an impression more kind of like a knowing, like I would have these promptings like, well, I shouldn't do this. I'm going to do it anyway. But I didn't realize that that conviction was actually God inside of me. And cause there was no teaching of this in the church that I grew up in, there was no like teaching on the baptism of the Holy spirit. I don't remember ever hearing about the Holy spirit, you know, maybe at Easter. I don't, I don't know, you know, barely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so I never knew how to live, how to live a powerful life as a Christian when I was younger. I mean, I was like 11 years old, I think. And I just kind of had this revelation and it wasn't a good revelation. It was like, well, if I can't stop sinning and I'm going to go to hell, cause that's the equation of Christian Christianity, you know, you're like, you know, give your life to Jesus, stop sinning and you'll go to heaven. But I was like, well, if I can't stop sinning, I'm going to go to hell. So I might as well just do whatever I want to do. And I think there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that. Yes. I feel like that's such a, um, I feel like even people like I've just like millennials in general, mm-hmm. our parents brought us to church but we didn't understand any of it. Like even myself, yeah. like I grew up going to, I grew up going to like three different youth groups. Cause that's what my friends did. Sure. I, we also went to like several different churches over and they were all different denominations. My parents did. And then also I grew up in a private Christian school. So I felt like mm-hmm. I had all of these like same teachings, like know the 10 commandments but there was literally an and i look back and it almost makes me like kind of heartbroken because mm-hmm, you right. have i mean all these leaders and i think you for anyone whatever age you don't know what you don't know if you don't have an encounter with god sure. you don't understand some of these things but yeah. you, i just am like you had all these t- young people and you didn't go deeper like there was so many moments that would have changed my life and i'm sure yours too if Definitely. people would have teachers would have gone a little bit deeper with you and like understanding the Holy spirit. Like I just yeah, look back and I'm like, I was surrounded by godly people, but I had no idea who God was like, right. Yeah. So I can relate definitely right. to what you're saying. Well, it's interesting that you say encounter because I can remember I'm right. I'm actually writing a book on encounters and I remember, I mean, I've had, you know, 10, 12, 15 encounters with the Holy spirit with Jesus. And Sometimes the encounters change my life, but sometimes I didn't allow them to change yes. my life. Yeah, like it's it's an true. option because some people are like, yep. when you know ex- this this might be a little controversial, but like I I've, I've heard some people say like once you experience God, your life will never be the same. 
that's an option. God will never take away free will. Oh, that's good. You know, but I do believe like when we encounter the yeah. Lord, when we encounter whether it's the Father God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus, there's an exchange. And but that exchange is is an invitation. You know what I mean? And so in that invitation, you know, God's saying, hey, I have this for you. Are you willing to lay this thing down? And sometimes we try to hold them both and that will never happen. You know, it just won't. You're so right. And also too, like I, until you, like, I was just thinking too, as you said that I had an encounter in, in high school, but it was in a youth group and it was other young people praying over me. And I realized like recently that it was deliverance. And I, and I mean, none of us had ever, I mean, they were just praying with me. And then I started to manifest and like, it was pretty intense and they just prayed it. I can't even, like, I look back and like, how did they know what they were doing? But they prayed it off me and whatever was there left. It was like, I had a clear mind and memory of certain events weren't there anymore. And I'm like, and I just really, like, I kind of blocked it out and I Mm -hmm. will probably get into this, but like you, when you are younger and you're not walking with God, you don't have that deep, like relationship and you don't understand a lot of things like deliverance happens. And then you just keep living your life. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because that really, that what you just said segues into the part of my testimony as we talked before, Yeah, you know, so in me running from the Lord, and knowing that he was pursuing me, I there, there was a lot of shame though too because I had I I yeah. had experienced some trauma when I was younger, some like sexual abuse trauma, and that yeah. just really messes your brain up. Yeah. And so I got into this like constant fight or flight mode, and I got into this like survival mode, self protection mode, and so the Lord was like knocking on my door, but I was like, no, I got to protect myself from you because you know all the paradigms that I had of. You know, my parents divorced early on, but my mom remarried and my my dad raised me. He's amazing. He, I think he adopted me when I was like a year old. So he's my dad. But like my biological father, you know, that was just a mess. And so like, I, I think not necessarily every time on every person, but I think a lot of times we project onto God how we see our physical fathers. Absolutely. So I was like, well, my father, my, my you know, my biological father rejected me, abandoned me. And so it's like, well, God, you might do that, you know? And I wouldn't even say that's an irrational fear for a young child. That's like a very rational, like this might happen, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I was going to say too, like, even with trauma, that trauma Mm -hmm. piece of it, like, Mm -hmm. I think there's starting to be like a differentiation in the deliverance um, teaching realm of like, what is, a demon ha- like manifesting was trauma manifesting. Sure. And um, I think there's totally. starting to be some teachings and I think it's excellent because I think so many people, especially when you're doing a deliverance, yeah, their trauma is going to come out, but like you need yeah. to be able to differentiate. Is this like someone needing to process a piece of trauma that's coming up that a demon always attaches itself to, or is sure. this, a demon that's manifesting needs to come out first and then we can go into the other piece of it. Yeah. So I, I keep going. I agree though with everything you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I think, I think in a situation like that, I I think it's a case by case basis. You know, I don't think there's a formula for deliverance. It's just the only thing you can do is just follow the Holy spirit. And, and I think it's helpful to have the gift of discerning of spirits. So, you know, like what's what I remember 
Well, I won't go into that yet, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. Too. Okay. So <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like, it's good. Cause it's like, I think it's awesome. Even just, you know, the short amount of time we've been talking, it's like, it feels like it's all, you know, kind of coming together in like a web, but I remember, you know, running from the Lord, I, I got myself into very dark situations because I would play with Ouija boards. I would like be smoking weed, playing with Ouija boards in the middle of a graveyard. And like that opens you up to the demonic. And when you watching... when those things were happening, were mm -hmm. you seeing in the moment like things manifesting and like happening as you not were not always. Okay. Sometimes I was sometimes I would. I don't I'm not gonna get into too much detail about demonic manifestation, but I mean it happened a lot. And um, I don't want to focus on that because that's like giving the double credit. It's like nah, he doesn't deserve nothing, you know, but like, I think it's, but at the same time, when I like, when I got delivered and I'll go into more of that later, I focus so much on how powerful the demonic was because in my mind, I had like, I was best friends with demons growing up. Basically. I know that sounds kind of scary and dark, but it's like, I was. No, I get you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, I, especially when you're young but i do think mm -hmm. so like i have have always been a seer and been able to see uh, yeah. in the spirit like even as a child yeah okay. and there was a point that like i almost was like not afraid of certain things sure. which would lead me to do things that were bringing things in sure that makes and sense i think like, like a, normal yes it's like well either way i'm seeing stuff so like right what's the point of not doing this? Like it's good. Yeah. And so, but That's kids, so interesting. Yeah. teenagers, like totally, they don't under, like to them, it's this like mystical, like, oh, we're going to like mm -hmm. talk, mm -hmm. you know, it's like they, but they have no idea that it is right. literally, it's very real what they're opening the door to. Right. Um, well, and I think, yeah. I think a lot of us when we're young have this mentality, like I'm going to live forever. It's like, oh, uh, that's because you don't have your brain fully developed and you get, you don't have that, like, uh, you know, I don't remember what the brain is. cortex or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like yes. that reasoning. You're like, oh my, uh, but now, you know, as a 30 year, I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? I, I could have died. I probably should have died. But the mercy of God said, I had better plans for you, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Mm -hmm. I do think so. You were really like starting to mess around with some of those. Like, I was. I probably at one point had watched every paranormal movie there was. And so like, I was always sensitive to the spirit realm, you know, the angelic realm. And so I, I would sometimes see demons at night. And sometimes I think a lot of times I got like, I had like nightmares and night terrors. I'd wake up with like things touching me and that was awful. I don't, I don't, I thank the Lord, praise God. I don't have that anymore. But like when I was younger, that was probably the worst. It was just nothing worse than waking up, you know, like that. It's just, it's just awful. It is. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can't open the doors. a young person too. That's terrifying. Right. So, so, you know, I opened the doors willingly and I remember I actually even tried to make a deal with the devil. Like this is be okay. This is be obviously before, before I met Jesus, um, you know, sexual trauma brings a whole lot of shame and so does rejection and abandonment. And so shame says, it's not like, well, I'll say it this way. There's something wrong with me. It's like an identity crisis. And so I had an identity crisis for, I mean, like 20 years of my life, you know? And so that, made it difficult and, and and the prophetic and i'll also go into this like so you, you mentioned you were a seer um so basically i'll mention for the for the, the folks listening seer is like seeing things in the spirit but it's not just like seeing like angels and demons it's like seeing the heavenly realm but it's like it's your imagination is the seed of your of your ability to be able to see and the seeing is the, is the grace of god it's not just like uh we did anything to earn it you know but I would say it's 
about the seer it's it's so i'm trying to describe how how to how i see it's it's like translucent you know what i mean like i can see something but it's like almost not there it's almost like a vapor i don't know how else to explain it you know what i mean yep it's, it's like, like a your imagination it's like it's like to me it sometimes is like i'm seeing something like behind a veil there's like sometimes sure. it's like or it can be like you said like a very like right it's <laughs> like so much to explain it people are gonna be like what it's abstract but, it's abstract yeah right. that's the perfect way to put it yeah 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 I, I think we i think we did the best we could right now and, I, and <laughs> yes. I do my best to be able to continue to learn because i have a lot of books on the seer and I, I haven't read them all because it's like when it comes to prophetic books it's it's a lot sometimes and sometimes it's like these new ideas and you're like oh i need to stay with that for literally <laughs> or a yes year, yes you know? Have you ever read um, Blake Healy's book? Do you know who? Um, I do know who Blake Healy is. And I, okay. I think I remember the book you're referencing. Is it Behind the Veil or yes. something like that? Yeah, it's called The Veil. He has two books. Yeah, one that he did years later after The Veil. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, it was really good. And he kind of goes back good. and like teaches on mm. some of the things that, you know, this the that book, The Veil, was cr like cre the first book I ever read yeah. that was like, whoa, like this <laughs> is next level, next level. Like, sure. But I could relate to some of it. I don't see as mm -hmm. much as he does in the spirit. But yeah, I read it and I could relate to some of it. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was the first book I read where someone yeah. explained my own experience of seeing. And totally. that's, I think, a piece of learning your gifting yeah, is being able to find the person who is mm -hmm. teaching the way that you see or feel or whatever it looks right. like. So basically putting into words what you're experiencing. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading, well, I think my wife read me that book and I, it was so good because to me it was like, oh, this person understands me, <laughs> you know, like I felt so understood, but that's because the, the gifting and the anointing, you know, of being a seer, it's sometimes when I was younger in the, in the Lord, I, sometimes I would think it was a curse because I would just see so much and I didn't know how to process it. I'm like, what is this? Who is it for? What am I supposed to do with it? And so I remember a time where um, it, I was seeing someone actually, I actually like told the Lord, I said, I need to stop. I need to break. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do we talk about this? I feel like we, we did. did, but we also talked about with dreams because I have, you know, three to four dreams every night. And, but there'll be some times where my dreams are just, I mean, I don't know how to say it. They just kind of take it out of me. And I'm like, Lord, I need a break. And I'm not, I'm not saying my dream is from the Lord. I mean, I, I do believe there's pizza dreams. There's like soul dreams. I do believe there's like nightmares. But I mean, I've heard some people, I've heard a teaching where this person said every dream is from God. Even if it's dark, the Lord uses it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, eh, yeah. I don't you know. know how I feel about that. I've heard that too. Yeah. I I have personally, so maybe got, I've forgotten, in my, mm -hmm. but I have never got, well, first of all, there's like two things that actually, when you started talking about imagination that yeah. I kind of, that kind of stuck out to me and I never thought about it before, but I was mm -hmm. like, I was, when I was younger, I'm adopted as part of my story oh, as okay. well. But like a piece of that is like, I don't have, this is going to sound so weird, but I'm not like an imaginative person. Like if like, I always had a hard time as a child, like playing mm -hmm. imaginary, like games that were not like in real life, like That's house, I could play house, I, like things like that. But I had a hard time, like imagining like another world or whatever, yeah. if kids were playing that type of like, okay. game, huh. but it, but that's actually so i'm having like a moment right now that i just like 
that's okay. kind of cool. But yeah. And <laughs> so, but you're right that the imagination is the seed and it's from God. Right. And so if you don't have, whether it's because of trauma or whatever it might be, if you don't have that imagination piece, like I do feel like you can pray and ask God to open up your imagination because that's 100%. from him. I agree. And so I remember my grandma actually, who was amazing woman of God and loved God. And I feel like I learned so much from her, but she would pray over me and she would pray wow, okay, um, cool. over my mind. And I remember that's it. So I was like, that's such a weird thing to pray grandma. Like you're being weird. I don't get what <laughs> oh, you're wow, doing. And then I was, but then I started to see, and I could right. see when I was a toddler, I remember seeing like mm-hmm. all the, like ghosts and all these demons, not ghosts, um, things. Sure. But yeah. what you were saying about, I lost it, completely lost it. But yeah, anyways, the imagination piece though really yeah. stuck out to me because I yeah. think people who have like large imaginations, like if you mm-hmm. aren't, a, if you aren't a, a Christian right now, or if you are a Christian and you want to go deeper into the realms of like the heavenly things that God might want you to see, I think starting with your imagination is essential and like you can ask god like show me x y and z i want to start seeing in the spirit god the things around me and i think people think like people who are seers or feelers or people who talk Mm -hmm. about it in books or on podcasts like we are now like it's so off like it's like well that's good for them but like i'm not seeing anything i'm not feeling anything like obviously this is just something for people who pray a lot or whatever it is you know like you but I want to encourage people like if you feel like I have a big I have a imagination that's always been kind of crazy ever since I was a kid like Mm -hmm. ask you can pray and ask God to open that up in other ways and so yeah that's kind of what I wanted to well and it's like the scripture verse okay I don't remember the exact reference but it was the old testament it's where I think it might have been Elijah and Elisha where he like lord's or one of the prophets said open his eyes and then he saw all the chariots of fire surrounding them I mean, so like seeing is scripturally based because before he did not see it and then he prayed, see it, and then he started to see it, you know? So like if it's in the Bible, it's a green light, you know? But I I also feel like, you know, I made a note here, sanctified imagination. Like we need to let the Lord sanctify. So our souls are, you know, our mind, will, and emotion. And so perhaps, you know, where's our imagination come from? And this is a great question. And maybe this is like a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like, does it come from our, our mind? Or does it come from like our spirit internally? I, I'm not 100% sure. But I mean, obviously our brain has a part in it because we have neural pathways. And I know that for me, I have to be really careful with what kind of movies I watch. And I don't really play video games a lot anymore. I, I do every now and again, but I have to be careful like what, what I expose myself to with my eyes. Because then my imagination will, will start to get kind of looking weird. Like, that's really kind of weird. Why did I just see that person dying? Like, okay, that's just weird. You oh, know? can you, like, okay. Can you talk more about this? Cause I think uh, he, again, <laughs> going back to like our generation yeah. of like, we grew up on video games and like horror right. movies. <laughs> like, it's it's cultural too. It's like so, the American yes. culture is just pop yes. yourself down in front of a TV and just let that be your God. Yes. And I my friends that- and I would like watch like who, like we would watch horror movies to like freak each other out. Like, how like what level of it's so stupid when I look back but like you know like you're just doing things that you have no idea but I think like my and my parents would always put limits around like what I could and couldn't watch 
but I would yeah. go to friends' houses and watch stuff anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, they would here. say like, you know, yeah. we just aren't, if we're Christians, we're not going to watch these types of things. But there was no teaching about like, the reason we're not watching this is because like, it's letting things in the house. Like, you well, know. I mean, that's true though. Like when you watch, uh, so like I used to watch Paranormal Activity, right? Um, and so I remember uh, just, just a quick little um, story, I guess. My friend and I were watching this movie at two o'clock in the morning. One time, like there was a bug on the screen. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then there were like five bugs. And then like a couple seconds later, there were literally bugs swarming from the wall. Like, I kid you not. And so like, I didn't realize until later that that was a demonic manifestation. Like how tangible that was. There were little bugs coming from the wall. And I remember like after I got saved and filled with the spirit, I went back into wow. this person's house. And I remember standing in the doorway between their kitchen and their living room. And I literally could not see in the living room. I could see nothing. And I just walked out of the house. I was like, nope, I am not supposed to be wow. here right now. Like wow. I, it wasn't my house. I had no authority to like take, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Take authority over anything. So I just, um, I think we got to be really careful. Even last night I watched a movie. I, I, I've been having a hard time sleeping, so I'm, I'm trying to get on a regular pattern, but it's been difficult. And, you know, it's just part of life sometimes. Um, and I watched the movie and I was like, okay, this was a little more intense than I thought it was going to be. But like halfway through the movie, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be watching this. That's very well could have been the voice of the Holy Spirit prompting me, being like, hey, <laughs> you don't need to watch this, bro. But I finished it. And afterwards I was like, I probably should have could have went my whole life not watching this movie. Like we have to like pay attention to that. Like, oh, should I be watching this? Like that inquisition, because like Jesus asked the disciples all the time questions. And so like when we have a question pop in our head, I don't think it's always just us. I think it's the Holy Spirit. Like, hey, um, what do you think is going to happen when you do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think too, like even with, you know, I my kids and even in our house, like the conversation mm -hmm. of what you can and can't watch is like a really challenging one because what they yeah. hear is like, well, no, you can't watch essentially everything <laughs> that like is on Disney. We got rid of Disney. We got rid of, yep. I got like, rid of Disney too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there's in kids, like they don't, I mean, it's a whole different thing, but yeah, yeah it's just like, I just, I just think we have done such a disservice, um, trying to explain these things of like, right. not you don't do this because you're like, it's a sin, D like, don't do it because it's not good for your spirit. Like what right. it's exposing. In. Yes. I, I, tr yep. I, I fully believe what we take in eventually will come out. So like, if we're taking in all these dark movies and these dark humor and, and like, you know, these rated R movies with nudity and like with like foul language and video games, everyone's exploding. It's like, and that's going to affect us. But if, if and I'm not saying that, that people have to eliminate that from the lies, like whatever. But I think that I think we should personally. I'm like, what is the only thing we were absorbing was Jesus, was the word, was the Holy Spirit. And I'm preaching to the choir because like, I'm really trying to like, I was contemplating yesterday like, okay, what's my relationship with the Holy Spirit look like? I'm like, uh, that's a good question. You know, I hear from the Holy Spirit. How much time am I, am I intentionally make, take set, setting aside in my day to pursue God? Like he will always be pursuing us, but like we have to, sometimes we have to turn and we have to face him, you know? And it's, it's not just to receive anything. Cause like when I was younger in the Lord, I only, I only wanted to go to Jesus for what he could give me. But now I'm just like, I'm learning, you know, as a 30 year old, like, okay what's the relationship look like? It looks like spending time together. 
Well, I always expect the Lord to be speaking, you know, and so it's like the Lord, this was maybe a year ago, was like, Lance, um, do, and I wanted to write down every little thing the Lord told me. He's like, Lance, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm writing down what you told me. He's like, why? I was like, because I don't want to forget. He's like, do you write down every conversation you have with your wife? And I'm like, no. He's Come like, on. oh my it, God. I was just like, oh my, it just like, it hit me. And I was like, I was kind of like making Jesus a pimp kind of in a way for like, get, what, what can I get, 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 you know? Instead of the Lord was like, dude, just sit down and hang out. Like, you don't have to say nothing. Let's just look at each other. But as a man, and sometimes men, I think we have a problem with intimacy and and I'm not trying to throw everybody under the bus and I'm, and you know, maybe I should digress, but I well, just no, feel like I, I think you're right. And I do think sometimes I think we all have a problem with intimacy at some yeah. level. And especially I do. So I, I have my own issues around intimacy, like uh, as far as like vulnerability, I guess. And so that has been something that God and I have, have really worked on because I also, but I do feel like, okay, so twofold. I feel like when you see and feel a lot in the spirit and when you start to pray, like you want to write it all, like you want to remember because it can be so much, but you're right. And this is something that God is starting to show me too, is like, just sit with him. Like he might tell you the most amazing things and that's awesome. But listen and sit down and don't be like trying to get your notebook and write everything out. Just sit and listen. And then God will help you remember what he wants you to write down later. Like that's actually one of my favorite verses. It's in the new Testament. I I think it's one of the epistles and it says the Holy spirit will inspire you to remember the things that he's spoken to you. Yes, 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 yes. But I think we also live in a day and age where self-promotion is rampant and it's like god says like i will exalt the humble and i will oppose the proud and i think there's a big problem with people in self-promotion in the world and even even in christianity because like insta famous tiktok twitter like all of the 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 social medias which i really i'm not into um but I, I feel like there's there's this like Oh, I need, God told me this amazing, mighty thing. I need to tell everybody else about it. So that way people know I'm awesome. It's like, Oh, what is your motive there? Like, are you kind of sound like an orphan? And I don't like sound judgmental. I'm just saying like, uh, are you okay with who you are apart from like people thinking you thinking that you're a certain way, you know, I would, I would love, I mean, I actually would love to sit down with people who I know are like people of God and, but they're doing like amazing things and they're Mm -hmm. often on social media i would love i wish someone would teach a class about like how i mean how do they what's their process of putting things on social media because i do think there are like truly like godly people who are praying about what god wants them to put on social media like god is literally telling them put this on for people to hear and see but how do you do they determine that like i wish there was more training around that piece because i think there's too many people who are doing what you're saying and just putting everything out there it's a temptation filtering it through the spirit not asking god is this something you want me to share like right yeah yeah I actually am writing, um, and again, I'm writing things down as the Lord teaches me. I know that sounds totally counterintuitive, what we just said, <laughs> but I know, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but like, it, you know, it depends on the context, I suppose, because I'm writing a memoir. So I'm like 50 pages in and one of my, one of the chapters is like, I'm going to go into self-promotion, self-preservation, uh, and, and a lot of like the self things. I can't remember the, the, what the other ones were, but a lot of these things that we kind of fall victim to 
uh, if, if you will, in the world. So, yep. Yep. That's awesome. I do think God is raising up people on the mountain of would it be entertainment? I always get that wrong. Called entertainment. I, I'm really sure it's not my sphere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I feel like it's going to be at some point. <laughs> Well, perhaps we'll see. I do think like (laughs) God is raising people up to train, literally train Mm -hmm. people how to do like ministry. Like, what does it look like to have a ministry that's fully like just your TikTok or just your Instagram? Like, but to actually do it in a way that God wants you to do it. Like, what does that look like? Well, and there's a tension that I want to bring up. It's like I heard a couple years ago a teaching from a person that said, you know, if you're only ministry online, that's a problem. Like if you're not ministering people on the highways, the byways, the streets, and you're only doing it online, that's an issue. But then I also heard like another person say like, like there's just so many people that say, again, I'm not referencing anybody. Like you must have an online presence because we live in a day and age where everything's online. And I'm like, I don't want to do it online. Like me doing, like even me coming to your podcast and starting a podcast, I was like, Lord, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to do this. Like, but I'm just trying to be obedient. Yes. You know? I think that obedience is the key to every single thing that God is going to bring brings us into. So like with this podcast, I had I was sitting on the idea of a podcast literally for three years. Come on. And I was like, God, three like years, I huh? don't want to be a podcaster. Like I kind of had yeah. like my own judgments of <laughs> podcasts and hosts <laughs> and all that stuff. But okay. I also like just was like, God, yeah. like I don't like, I don't know. And I was deep into um, work in the anti-trafficking field too. So there's like sure. burnout associated with that's you know, awesome. your actual job and stuff. Right. And so I just never did it. And then I went to this conference in Minneapolis. It was called the Mantle Conference with, um, oh, that's cool. it was awesome. Joshua Giles. If you haven't heard of him, you should definitely. I have heard of him. I, okay. I, I honestly there's heard... two Joshua Giles pastors. Okay. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, I um, hear of a lot of people, but I don't always necessarily go looking. Yes. Like, What's this person about? It's like, eh, I could, but I, I yeah, you hear about them. <laughs> this guy, he's a pastor in Minneapolis, um, okay. but he cool. put together this like amazing past few years. Like it's called the Mantle Conference. He brings in like, I don't know if you've heard of like Ryan Lestrange or like, yeah, I know yeah. I have a, I have a prophetic advanced prof- prophetic teaching from Ryan Lestrange. Yes. I love, so, I love. Yeah. That dude's teachings. cool. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So he brings in people who are just like kind of that at that level, I guess you could say, but anyways, this was really about entre- this year was about entrepreneurship, business and entertainment. Yeah. And so that's cool. um, he did a prayer time like he interviews an actor actually on stage about, you know, being a, in Hollywood and that's being a so Christian. Awesome. it Come was on. so cool. And then he they invited people up who feel called to like the realm of entertainment. Whoa. And I was like, nice. I, like, I literally was sitting there like not like gonna go up and i felt god literally pull me up like push past my husband That's it was so like awesome. someone was pushing me and i went right. up front they prayed over everyone and i said god mm. if you want me to do this po- podcast like you need to give me the name and sure. I, I like didn't hear anything i was like okay cool i guess this is not <laughs> and then i literally went to turn around and walk back and i heard it clear as day prophetic justice That's and awesome. i was like what yeah. <laughs> that was probably the clearest i've heard in like you know like around i don't know it was just it was like a question and it got answered right then and there very audibly and i was like man now i gotta start a podcast like well (laughs) actually that's um that kind of segues into uh, the prophetic you know yeah Uh, so the scripture that comes to my mind is faith comes by hearing 
the word. And so like faith comes by hearing the word, but like that word, word, I know it sounds redundant. It's actually not, it's not referring to the written word, the logos, logos. It's actually the rhema word. So it's spoken word. So like when God speaks a rhema word, you know, through the Holy Spirit, that releases faith. And that faith is actually a substance of things hoped for, but not yet seen. And that right there also accompanied with the faith that becomes a grace an empowerment and enablement with the Holy Spirit to be able to do it. Because when God gives us an assignment, he doesn't just give us an assignment. He gives us the, the power or the ability, the enablement, empowerment to do it. That's grace, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I had never put that those two things together. So that's awesome. Faith and grace. Yeah, they, yep. they really, I'm not saying they're twins, but like they're not identical twins, like fraternal twins. So like, they go hand in hand, you know, if you will, if I could say it that way. Yeah, so. yeah. That's very cool. Okay, sorry. I we keep going down rabbit holes, but I do no, want to get good. I think it's I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you were younger and then you were yeah. also like dabbling in some of these like demonic things. At the time, you had no clue what was was and wasn't, but at one point you were essentially making it wanting to make a deal with the devil. Yeah, I tried. Um I don't know. I don't really know much about that. Um it didn't work, you know, which is it's good for me. So like, but I think, I think shortly after that, I think it was probably 2014. I can't remember the time frame. I remember I was walking in the small town that I grew up in and I was a drug addict at that point and I hated my life and I hated myself and I hated the world and I was going to kill myself. I was mm -hmm. suicidal. And so I was walking and I remember exactly, I remember like, like even right now I can visually see where I'm standing and looking down at the, when I had this encounter. Yeah, this was one of many encounters and I gave God an ultimatum and I said, God, I, I knew God was real. That was never a, there was never a doubt in my mind that God was real because I could sense him. I could feel him, but I never, I didn't really know that he was Jesus. You know what I mean? So even though I grew up in a Christian church, it, it still didn't compute. But that day, I, and I meant it, I like meant, I was like, Lord, God, either you're going to set me free from my drug addiction or I'm going to kill myself. And I like, I can't explain, like, I just, I really meant it. And immediately it wasn't like, like 10 seconds later, it was immediately, I heard a voice and the voice said, Lance, I want you to go to church. And needless to say, I was not happy because like intellectually <laughs> I was like, oh, what the heck, dude? Like what this God's telling me to go to church. I was, I, okay. Well, I, I basically cussed God out. I was like, I'm not doing that. No. And he was like, we kept going back. I, I argued with God. I wrestled with him. And eventually the voice got so loud. It like the best way I can describe it is it pierced right through, right through me, it went right through me. And I was like, oh, I got to go to church. And so I went to church. Uh, my parents didn't believe me. They were like, yeah, okay. You haven't been in church in nine months. You've been smoking your weed. You've been doing all that dumb stuff you do. And, and that's fair. You know, I burnt every bridge in my life I, and everything was broken. I had a broken relationship with my girlfriend at the time, broken phone, broken car, everything, literally everything was broken. My body was broken. I had severe back pain because of demonic manifestations clinging to my back. And so I went to church and uh, I don't know how much detail uh, you'll yeah, go no, in. Yeah, I, no, I keep going. I'm good with whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Cool. So I, you know, I go to church. I, I'm a detail person. So I know people say like men have fewer words. Not this man. I love to talk. So it's like, I have a, I have a lot of detail. I can share. That's why I was like podcasting. Oh, that's going to be easy. I can talk for days, <laughs> you know, and my wife can attest to that, but, um, <laughs> she can, <laughs> um, but I remember 
going to church. My sister was, we went together and she drove me because my parents wouldn't let me drive the car because I was still kind of high. <laughs> but um, I got to church. <laughs> right. No. So anyway, um, so we get to church and I don't, uh, for, for, for worship. Okay. So you said w- when you were at that um, uh, event, you felt like something was dragging you to the front, right? I had the same experience. It literally felt like something pulled me by the shirt and literally drug me to the front. And I remember raising my hands for, for like worship. I just stood there and stared at the worship people and I just raised my hand. And I had never done that before. My my hands were just like this. They were up. So, and then I went back after uh, worship was done. I don't remember anything about the sermon. At the end, they do an altar call. And I'm like, well, I guess this is my time to go forward and see what happens. So I go forward. This gentleman lays his hand on my chest. My head went three different ways and I started to manifest the demon. A couple seconds later, you know, they say, you know, get out of him. Demon comes out. What they did not do, I don't remember them doing it, at least, was saying, Holy Spirit, fill him up. And I, I didn't know about repentance. I didn't know that I had to like change the way that I, because repentance is changing the way you think. It's not just doing a 180. And you could just do a 180 and just keep doing a 180 and just keep just keep going in a big circle of life. And that's what I did for years. And that's what people are still doing. But repentance is literally changing the way you think. But like the way that we change the way you think is renewing our mind. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that, about what that means to you, the renewal of the mind? Well, I tell you this thing, it's not easy. Like I have a lot of thoughts all the time and and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure everyone has a lot of thoughts, but it's like sometimes we get comfortable in our own thought patterns and we're like, you know what? I'm just kind of comfortable fantasizing it or I'm just kind of comfortable thinking about this thing or I'm just kind of comfortable you know, thinking that I'm just an orphan or whatever. And so like when God confronts us with paradigms, it's an opportunity. It's an invitation. I keep saying invitation because it's always an invitation when the Lord speaks, you know? And so like sometimes go ahead. Oh no, I was just, sorry. I was just going to say, it made me think too. And like, God is really showing me like these things too in um, my own life. But a mentor of mine, Jenny Weaver always talks about the idea of, is this a pet demon? Like, is this sure. a demon that you are feeding, that you are like right. cuddling with? Like, is this Your something best friends that, with? Yes. Is this something yep. that you don't want gone? Like, cause that's real too. It totally and is so, a thing. Yeah. You know, totally. but people don't, I mean, it's until God shows you these things truly, like I you agree. don't have, you have no idea. And I think I for me too, like I, I've, I had always been a very dry, sarcastic person and like god has okay. done like a 180 on my personality mm-hmm. and like really renewed wow. my personality but i used to i mean i used to swear a lot i used to sure. um i just was a completely different person but i always grew up thinking like this is just who i am like this is just my right. your identity was in that thing yeah, yeah. For, yep for sure. and i just was like and i even at one point really felt like i don't know how i can be a christian with this personality that i have because it was so rough it was so and right. it helped me man like in certain ways right and helped me cope but god has slowly stripped off what sure. wasn't of him and through deliverance but that's so good yeah you just think like this is just like i'm like i'm just kind of a jerk sometimes i guess like i guess this is just a who I've always been, you know? Right. And yeah, God's like, nope, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually not me at all. That's actually um, a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I, I really like what you're saying around that renewing of your mind. And also I would like to, if we can mm-hmm. just backtrack. Yes. Yeah. So you, 
as you went up to the altar, you were like literally manifesting when you, when it was happening, did you realize like, Oh, that something is coming out or something? Not, is- not the first time. Okay. Cause you remember we talked about this as this was the first of three occasions of being delivered. And so this time I was just ignorant. I was just like, uh, why is my head tilting the way it is? That's weird. <laughs> why am I coughing? That's really weird. Yeah. Okay. I had no and clue what was going on. I give so many, so much kudos to the person who was praying for you because, um, totally to be able to I know it and awesome. to just get it out. Like I yeah. was like, that's, I mean, that doesn't happen. That started every day. a snowball effect, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's really so, where it all started. So yeah. Okay. Keep going. So that was the beginning of my deliverance journey. Okay. So that was one of three times, but so, you know, so I said that I didn't know about renewing the mind. I didn't know about repentance. And so I kept smoking weed, kept playing my Diablo video games, kept, I don't know, doing whatever, everything I wasn't supposed to be doing. Open sin is really what I'm trying to say. And so I got worse and it got like a lot worse. You know, there's a scripture that says, you know, when a demonic spirit leaves the person, it goes and wanders the wilderness trying to find rest and it doesn't find anything. But then it thinks to itself, I'm going to go back to the place where I did once uh, inhabit or dwell and I'm going to go and see if it's swept clean. And it is. And then so they bring seven worse than themselves. So that literally was me. The the second time I was watching a um, a documentary and they were doing a this might've been a three month time frame, So it might've been like three months after the initial, like start of this deliverance, you know, yeah. I was watching a documentary. My, I remember they were doing a deliverance session in Tanzania and my eyes at this point, my eyes rolled to the back of my head and came forward. And then I knew I was like, I just manifested a demon. Wow. Because I had experienced it before, but this time it was like, it was intense. And so I, I went upstairs and my, again, details. I asked my dad, I said, Hey dad, have you ever delivered anybody? He was like, uh, no. I was like, well, come outside. You're going to, you're about to. He was like, what? And so I know it's funny, but it's like, I literally, that's, that's literally what I said verbatim, dude. And so I went outside and I remember pinning myself against the wall and my head turning three ways like it did before. And I started throwing up and people say that that's a sign of like uh witchcraft. I, I don't really know. I don't really care, honestly, but it, it looked like a movie for 40 minutes. Like screaming at the top of my lungs. I heard demonic voices saying, kill yourself, blah, blah, blah. Like he's going to be a, a leader of legion. This is stupid lies. Like, cause all demonic, all they do is lie. Right. And so this went on for 40 minutes. Wow. And eventually I felt like something inside of me was getting torn apart. And I cried out to Jesus to send angels. And then immediately I see in the natural two bright lights. I see two angels in front of me. Like there wasn't in the spirit. This was in the natural. And they pinned me down with my hands out and then a demon came out yes oh that's amazing but my the people that were delivering me my dad you know my mom i love them they didn't lay hands on me and say be filled with the holy spirit you know their only instruction was read the bible which is good i could have got there yeah but i wasn't there so when yeah. that was happening like mm-hmm. did your parents see that have you and your parents ever like kind of talked about what happened did they see the angels as well no Okay. It was just I think it was you. just me. I we haven't talked about it. I yeah. mean th- and that was oh gosh, 2014. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I I mean to I serious like kudos to your parents because Yeah, totally. They did I the can't best they could. Imagine. <laughs> they did 
Like, right. I mean, I now knowing what I know, but still like to see your child go right. through that, like it, I can't imagine how just like yeah. they're praying, like, just like God, keep them safe right now. Like, right. Obviously something is happening. Like sure, totally. the emotion that comes out to see your child go through that in the moment. Well, like, yeah, they did the best they could. Yeah. They like, you know, would tell the demon to get out and the demon would respond. I remember my mom being like, don't talk to it. It's like, so like they were inexperienced, but they did the best they could. But they, I think the only context they had was Hollywood. So they were flicking holy water at me. They were laying the Bible on me. So like, I, again, like I'm not, well, I'm not trying to go into all the Jesus, but they, they did. I love them and they did the, of course know, what they, they did what do. they thought yeah. they had to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm eternally grateful. Absolutely. For it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so did you, um, mm-hmm. after that experience, well, actually I'm curious after the first experience, even though they didn't pray for you to get filled back up, did you feel lighter? Did you feel like you were starting to dig in deeper into a relationship with Jesus between the first and second deliverance? No. Okay. No, because there was still, I had walls up. I had this like self-protection, self-preservation. I can't let anybody in. I have to be my own, my own God, basically. I have to be the one in control. And so like, there really wasn't, there was a maybe a little bit of pursuit because like, if I hadn't been pursuing even a little bit, then God wouldn't have showed up. You know what I mean? The third yeah. time. That's what I was going to. So it's interesting to me that you were watching. Do you remember what service you were watching or like what? Like what brought you to watch a deliverance video um, or exposure. documentary? So, um, so I don't know if this is a plug, but this a gentleman named Darren Wilson, amazing man of God. He's made several documentaries of Furious Love, Finger of God, Father of Lights, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Reborn, uh, and then The God Man is his most recent. But I had been exposed to those mo- uh, movies or documentaries before. And, and that, this was in 2013. So this was like, God was still working on me and sowing seeds. And I was like, what is this? It was like, they were like documenting miracles. And I was like, what is that? Like, it, it, I didn't know who it was, what it was. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit, but I knew it was something, you know? And so I had bought Furious Love. And so I was watching Furious Love. And that's when I manifested the, the demon because they were doing a crusade in Tanzania and they had a demon tent in the back. So like those those documents are amazing. Like wow, used to buy them and watch them. They're that's so awesome. Good, that's they're awesome. Great. Did you ever get in touch with them and be like, hey, this I watched your documentary and this. Is um, what I talked happened. with him once. Uh, he the church I used to the church I went to after I got my third deliverance was called I Worship at the time. It's not it's it's dissolved. It's called Destiny now. Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. But he came there and showed one of his movies and I got to chat with him just a little bit, but I don't remember saying that testimony. I just, I think we talked about his dog, <laughs> but whatever, you know, that's, so. that's okay. <laughs> that's but awesome. Wow. He, okay. he would be a great person to have on a podcast. Maybe I'll yes, reach out to him. He would. <laughs> I think that, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway. Okay. So you go through the second experience. It was like a very intense deliverance. I had laryngitis experience. for three weeks. Wow. Because it was just constant screaming at the top of my lungs for 40 minutes. Like yeah. I couldn't talk for like two weeks. Did you feel a difference after that? Like, did you? I always did. But then I'd always kept playing my video okay. games and smoking weed. And like the okay. thing was like, I would know that the demonic would come back because my muscles would start to twitch. Talk I know that, that sounds kind of weird. No, and I don't have a that. great like explanation for it, but that's just kind of how. No, I want to hear more about this, please. I mean, that's really it. Like I remember. Okay. okay so when I was watching the movie. I remember my eyes started to twitch and my muscles started to twitch. 
and and that's really it. It's that simple. So yeah. I just think that was how the mnemonic manifested physically, you know, and then it kind of yep. came out. So yep. I don't know much that's about really that. So, so you had the second deliverance. Yep. Really, mm-hmm. like God did something amazing. Can you talk about the angels that you saw? Because I'm still just like completely like sure. enthralled by that. Yeah, me too. Well, what I think is interesting is. You know, so you asked if my relationship with the Lord had changed between the first and the second, right? Yeah. And so, you know, whenever I think it, I find it interesting hindsight that I asked Jesus to send angels and I didn't ask Jesus for, I didn't ask Jesus to come himself because I have, I had, Jesus did come to me and I guess I could share a little bit about that. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. So in 20, again, in 2013, 2014, I can't remember the time frame. It's kind of blurry. I went to an encounter weekend. This was through I worship at the time, my church that I was going to, and I'm, I'm we're, we're all going. Uh, it's a Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday morning. It's just like, hey, we're going to learn about the cross, salvation, forgiveness, and just the basic. Those are really the basic fundamentals of Christianity. You know, if you don't know anything about those, it's like, are you a Christian? <laughs> like, maybe not, or maybe you just need taught. You know, and that's okay. But I remember I was learning about soaking worship, and so like me and about. 15 men were how to all laying on the floor with our pillows and our heads together just with uh with worship music going and we were just sitting there worshiping together and i was like i get to sit here and just lay here and just worship i don't have to like do anything it was just like it challenged my paradigm of of a works mentality i had to earn god's acceptance and god's love but and the fact that you were doing it with a group of men like even going back to what you're saying is like yeah. right now as your question is around your relationship with Jesus and just mm-hmm. sitting with Jesus. Right. I do think there that I hate to generalize anything, but I do feel like for, mm-hmm. for men, it can be a different challenge than for women. Right. Well, it, so that's, well, I yeah. agree. I won't go into that, but I, I do agree with you. Yeah. So like when I was laying on the floor, all of a sudden I'm not in the room anymore. And I, and I'm, in a different place. I don't know if this was a vision. I don't know if it was an out-of-body experience. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard. I, I asked the Holy Spirit several times and I haven't heard anything. So it's like, okay, well, that must not be the priority, you know, to know that. But I'm standing in darkness and I can I can feel my physical body and I'm standing up and, and I can feel my eyes, but I couldn't see anything and I couldn't hear anything. It was just all dark. And in the distance, I see this little bitty light. I mean, it's so small. It's so faint. It's like, oh gosh, what is that? It's a light. Okay. But this, and this is all like, I'm, I'm processing all this internally. It's not, I'm not processing it out loud, like with my voice in this vision. I'll just call it a vision, whatever. And the light gets closer and the closer the light gets, the brighter the light gets. And when it gets from me to, I don't know, maybe 20 feet away, it's so bright. I can't look at it. And I remember like pushing my eyes as hard as I can, rather pushing my hands as hard as, as I can against my eyes. And it was, the light was still piercing my hands. And so when it got from me to like, like someone standing in front of you, I, I fall to my knees and I look up and there's a man standing in front of me and there's a man in light. And I hear this, like this literally a voice of thunder. It sounded like thunder. If thunder could talk <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me, I said, Lance, I've never left you and I've never forsaken you. And the light literally is coming from like inside of him. You know how like the sun, like you could tell like all the things come from inside. <clears throat> and so but then the hand, this man, this man's hand reaches down and takes my hand and stands me up. And when I'm back in the room, or rather when I'm standing, I'm, I'm back in the, on the floor. And so this, this was my first encounter with Jesus. 
like Jesus came to me and he said, I've never left you and I've never forsaken you. And and to this day, sometimes when I need to like encourage him, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, you came to me and you told me you've never left me and you've never forsaken me. And you still haven't, you know, 10 years later, nine years later. Yep. Yep. That's so yeah. beautiful. I remember when you told me about that too. And you had said when you put your hands over your eyes, you literally saw, you could see your bones. I could like see my bones so through my fingers, light. yeah, through my skin. That's I could amazing. literally, it was, I mean, the light was so, was so bright, you know, cause like God is light. He is. And so I remember it, it, what's, what's interesting though, that some people might, might have questions about. It's like, at this time, I was not a, a spirit filled believer. I would barely say I was saved. I was like really pursuing something, but I would not say I had arrived to like giving my life to Christ. I had prayed the sinner's prayer, but like, I'm just at this point, I'm just not convinced that that's salvation. It's like, I know that that's controversial, but it's like giving your life to Christ is like, it's, I don't pull it like, you know, simple prayer. I, there is a confession part, but I, I know I've got, I've got some flack for that, but <laughs> like living your life for Christ People know people will know you by the by the fruit of your life, you know. Like, yes, all who confess and call on the Lord will be saved. But I just anyway, I will I digress. No, you're good. Yeah. Okay, continue. Cause I could I could honestly sit and talk about just that experience for one whole podcast, probably. But well, that, I mean, you can have me back if you want. But yeah, I will. I think that's so, amazing. Okay, so um yeah, so, so you're I wasn't back in a, the room. And you were laying down, you said when you Yeah, I was it. so I was standing in the vision that I was laying down in the room. So, and like, I'm like, guys, I had this amazing thing happen to me. I didn't, I was such a young, I didn't know it was Jesus at the time. Like it, like you would think it would be abundantly obvious that I was a Christian. I called myself a Christian. I had said like, yes, Lord, I give you my life. It's like, but I wasn't living for the Lord. So it's like, are you really a Christian? If you give your life to Christ, you don't live for him. There's a tension there. You know what I mean? And I would say I wasn't a Christian at that time. I would say I was still a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did everyone say? But it's interesting you how them, like you're all like, <laughs> uh, what did they say? I, honestly, <laughs> I, just... I don't remember. I think, I think the next Sunday they had me share that and, and I, and I shared the best that I could, but what's interesting too, is like, that didn't change my life right there. Yeah. Cause after that, I went through three different deliverance sessions, you know? So that actually brings me to my third deliverance section, which is a decent segue. So I went back to that encounter weekend, uh, I think maybe a year later, year and a half later. But this time, like severely demonized, like possessed isn't actually, it's a, it's a, it's not really a word in the, in the old Testament. It's actually demonized, but semantics, you know, so I was severely demonized. Um, so that, so that Friday morning before I went to the second encounter, I, I, I was, I, I was laying in bed awake and I heard a, a voice that said, Lance, get up. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe my dad told me to get up. Okay. Well, I'll go check. And I, you know, I went to my dad's bedroom, peeked in, he was asleep. My mom was already at work. And so I went down to check on my sister and she was asleep. And it dawned on me. I heard the audible voice of God that morning. Tell me to get up. He didn't say Lance, wake up. He said, Lance, get up. And it's interesting how, when I had these encounters, when I had these encounters at the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but hindsight's like, that was so profound. Yes. Yes. You know? What's the, what is the what is that for you between the difference? Like now that you're looking back, the difference between get up and wake up, what did you do you take away from those things? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say 
God was waking me up like in the spirit, but I think he was saying, Lance, stand up for yourself. Like Lance, stand up, stand, like, get out of those grave clothes. Basically is what he told Lazarus, Lazarus, get up. Yeah, that makes sense. I, it is crazy. I mean, yeah, I have so many thoughts around these experiences that we have throughout our lives, but how hindsight yeah. really is like, God just keeps showing you learn right in every different season you learn something new from past um like encounters with god Agreed. and so it's just yeah. so crazy to me how god will like show new things about like or new like nuances about like the encounter that you had like right in in the moment you're like okay i guess i'm like i need to i need to get up <laughs> right um but i think i maybe took back, it for granted honestly because yeah. i didn't understand the depth of because like to me, it was normal. Yeah. To me, it was like, oh, this probably happens to everybody. Mm, <laughs> yes. Not not really. No. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get up, you realize, like, this is obviously no one in the house is telling me to get up. Like, right. what happens it, next? It was profound because I yeah. knew it was my time. Like, I was praying. I think it was Psalm 91 over myself for the entire week before, prior, because I was sick. And that was demonic manifestation because it's like, once the demonic gets exposed, they're not trying to let go of territory. They're not trying to come out. Like they want to like stay where they are. They're totally comfortable jacking your life up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's their forte. So uh, I remember a, the gentleman that ministered to me later on that day or that the next night, he said, he sent me a message and said, your miracle is coming. And I know it, I know maybe sometimes we don't think of deliverance as a miracle, but it is. It's it totally is. It, it may not like it may not be a physical healing, but it, none it's a miracle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that stood out to me when I was you know when I was in this process. I was like, my miracle, wow, okay, yeah, totally. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we think of miracle, well, especially in America, we think a miracle is like an extreme thing, which it is. I mean, it is like not anything small, but like it can just be a weight lifted like or it can be demons leaving like it's not this like miraculous like parting of the red sea right before your eyes all the time even though that does happen too like god is going to do what he wants hi everyone this is where we're going to end today's episode thank you so much for joining us and listening to lance's amazing testimony along with all the wisdom that he holds in the prophetic i encourage you to stay tuned for the next episode which is part two of lance's journey it'll be out in a few weeks and i can't wait for you to hear the rest of it in the meantime love you all talk to you soon Thanks for listening to the Prophetic Justice Podcast. Before you go, show some love by leaving a review, subscribing to the show, and sharing this episode with a friend. You can connect with me on IG at Prophetic Justice Podcast or by email at propheticjusticepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes.